Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian, Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in on episode 9. Let me know what you think of the podcast on Facebook or Instagram at Dropping In with Mercedes. Now let me introduce episode 9's guest that we'll be dropping in with. This Canadian national team athlete is one of Canada's fastest sprinters. From Jamaica, he moved to Canada in 2013, now living and training in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada. He only started sprinting at the age of 18 years old. He competes in both the 100 and 200 meters. He loves country music. He's competed at the Pan Am Games in 2019. He is a NACAC, that's the North American, Central American, and Caribbean Championships. He's a champion in the 100-meter relay, and he has his sights for the next Summer Olympics in Tokyo. This elite athlete, sprinter, friend, son, model, actor, RBC Olympian, has some stories to tell us. I'm pleased to introduce Jerome Blake. Jerome Blake. I start dropping in right into rapid-fire questions. Ten of them. Are you ready? Yeah. All right, number one. Where in the world are you today? I am in Burnaby, BC, Canada. Okay, you're on lockdown, kind of? Um, kind of, yeah. Still got to go practice, though, but I mean, still trying to, you know, stay away from, you know, crowds and stuff like that. So, sure. yeah. Okay. What, number two, what skill have you learned in the past two months? Skill. Oh, I can make, I'm pretty good at editing videos, actually. Oh, hey, yo. Yeah. You can edit this one. Kidding. <laughs> Number three, what app on your phone is used the most? Instagram. Well, that was such a quick answer. That was rapid, <laughs> as in the rapid fire. I like it. Okay. Number four, what was the last thing that you ate today? Banana bread. <laughs> Nothing healthy. <laughs> Did you train today? Um, no, actually. I actually had a, a nine-hour photo shoot today, so yeah. Ooh la la. Number five, do you drink coffee? No. Me neither. There's not many of us. Yeah, there isn't. I don't, uh, I don't really like the taste of it. It makes me go crazy, so no one wants to see that. Number six, how would you describe your style? I would say it's, um, it's a little different. I, I tend to think of myself as a little outlandish. I, I, I tend to like, do stuff that a lot of people you know, normally wouldn't do. Um, I'm the one who will show up to a corporate event in my Hawaiian shirt. I'm that guy. <laughs> nice all right number seven dogs or cats none none none. you're not an animal Uh, not really okay fish i had one it died so okay well that didn't go well yeah number eight favorite board game i'd say chess chess for sure all right number nine what time did you wake up this morning 6 a.m with no training 
Yep, 6 The sun. The sun's coming up early these days. Yeah, that's true. And I also set five alarms too. So five. <laughs> yeah, like I'm like I'm I'm like I'm I'm very weird when it comes to you know going to stuff. Like I'm either super early. Yeah. Or I'm late. And late is like three hours late. So three hours late. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Very fast. Thanks for being on time. <laughs> okay, number ten is a question that I've asked everyone in these. Um, couple first episodes. What's the bravest thing you've ever done? Bravest thing I've ever done. Um, I drove a car almost 250, 250 kilometers Two- now. Yeah. Well, I've never done that. I'd like to do that. Okay, Jerome, thank you for doing my rapid fire on dropping in. Now, we met for our listeners so they understand how we know each other. Um, I was part of the RBC Olympian program in Canada. And then I spoke to the new coming RBC Olympians just about a year ago coming up. And you were there and you were kind of taking my spot in the Vancouver office. Am I right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hard to replace you, but I mean, oh. I, that's, that's, that's a big, I got big shoes to fill. No, no, no. You got, you got all of it. I, I'm sure you're doing a great job there. So shout out to RBC for, uh, extending the olympic family i love that because i don't really get to meet that many summer athletes yeah fair enough like i mean i i don't i didn't i don't i haven't really met much uh you know winter olympians and or like just winter athletes until you and anastasia and you know a few more so you know i'm yeah. grateful for the rbc olympian program i am too so let's talk about that you as i said in the intro picked up sprinting running when you were 18 can you kind of give us the backstory as to a how you ended up in canada and b how the whole programming went for you so yeah for sure so um when i was um i think i was like nine or ten both my parents moved away so my, my dad moved away first and then my mom moved away like four months later after my dad so i grew up with from jamaica grand- yeah from jamaica from so jamaica. i yeah i grew up with both my grandparents um, within that time period and the only thing that was there to do is either sports or you I had to work for my grandparents and god no I didn't want to come from school and then go work so I just had oh I'm gonna play sports I joined a track team um, I was a high jumper and long jumper but I mean I, I wasn't like the greatest so I'm you know when I moved to Canada I um you know I tell myself like oh I'm gonna still try and do high jump and long jump and then I was as a or I was just at the track one day and I met um lady named pat she's a track coach at the okanagan athletics club in Kelowna. Mm-hmm. And then, um after we met she was just like oh you should join the track club and whatever and i was like i was like yeah maybe i'll have to ask my moms and then you know, hey, wait, wait 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 like, wait i shouldn't interrupt guests but this is the second time i've done it um but how did you get to canada like you just your parents were in canada so then you decided to come um so i should i probably should have said that so my my dad moved to england Okay. And then my mom moved to Canada okay. and then they, they had like a little, um, you know, a little custody thing there where, you know, my mom decided she's not going to let my dad take all me and my two brothers. So we ended up coming to Canada instead of going to England. Were so you then, stoked about that? Or were you like, what are we, we're going from Jamaica to Canada. What is that about? Um, I was most likely really excited to just, you know, come and, you know, start a new life, but it wasn't what I thought it would have been, you know, like I, you you show up and and you think oh it's gonna be so cool like people are gonna be you know like super nice and whatever but it it took a while to make friends it took a while to meet For people sure. because you're in a new place nobody really know you and how old were you 
I was 17. Okay, 17. Yeah, I was 17. That is a difficult age to make, age to make new friends. Like, yeah. it's your last year of high school, is it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I feel like you would be good at making new friends. Um. Well, yes, I am, in a way. <laughs> but if I, it's, it's hard. Like, if I walk in a room and I don't know anyone, I will not say a thing. I'll sit in the back and I'll just do what I got to do. But once I'm warmed up to everyone and comfortable, yeah. that's yeah. when my, you know, true personality comes out you know and then the best personality ever we're very similar in that way like i would (laughs) i would do the same thing i'd be like oh i don't know anyone i'm not gonna bring my hat down and (laughs) it's 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 hard or you're the life of the party that is true (laughs) (laughs) all right so you moved when you were 17 and then this coach came up to you or did you reach out to the coach we were just at the track and she was there working out and I was like oh you guys run track and she's like oh I'm actually a coach and I was like oh well look at this so then we you know we sat and we spoke and she's like oh you should join the track club and I was like okay I gotta ask my moms though so I asked my moms and then she said I could do it but the one thing is my mom was working two jobs she had three kids and like you know I was in school my little brother was in school so it was really hard for her to um you know find all the, the resources in terms of like you know, all the training clothes I needed, all the shoes I needed, because I, I never even, you know, brought training clothes because we're in- Okay, vehicle. these are things that a snowboarder doesn't know about. Yeah. What kind of training clothes do you need? Yeah, so you need spikes, running shoes, you know, okay. training socks and shorts and, you know, half yeah. tights, long tights, you know, rain clothes as well. And then as the, you know, as the seasons change, like, you know, into the fall and Right, winter, you need the whole track need, suit. Yeah, you need, like, winter stuff at that point. You need basically, like, you know... Because you're in Canada socks. now. Yeah, yeah, you need, <laughs> you need thicker socks, you need different types of shoes and all that kind of stuff, and then you need lots of long sleeves and, like, warm clothes and stuff like that. Yeah. So it, it, it took a toll on my mom's in a way where she's, like, after a time, she's like, I, I can't afford to, you know, pay for this, plus club fees and a lot of stuff. Yeah. So then my coach started actually, she, she was the one who saw like the potential in me in a way where she said, I believe in you. I, I think you're, you're going to eventually be one of the fastest guys in the world one day. And I was just like, like I can't see it, but sure. If you see it, well. She, sure. she saw your raw, raw talent. She saw it I before. Feel I feel like people don't normally, you it. don't see your own talent. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. she said she kept saying like oh like I think you're, you're going to be one of the best guys sprinters in Canada one day you're going to be one of the best in the world I can see it and I was just like okay if you see it sure and I was just like you know being very uh just modest about it and then yeah you know she like she would like every time she goes home and come back like she'd come and before when I like we're walking out, out of the track she's like it's like oh I got you something and she'd give me a bag with like your shoes your clothes like brand new stuff she'd like go oh and use gosh. her own money yeah I and, love her you use her own money and buy me clothes she'd buy me shoes and all this kind of stuff you know and then and then it got to a certain point where I started performing like I started doing better and I kept getting better and I kept getting better and was this like locally or nationally this was this was locally because um I didn't have my citizenship yet so I couldn't really you can't make Canadian teams you can't you can't really go to nationals you can't make finals you've had a lot of hurdles already yeah so even if you do go to nationals and you can only run two rounds the heats and the semis you can't make finals because as a non-canadian cannot displace a canadian from a final yeah right yeah and yeah my first nationals was in 2014 was in uh, montreal's junior nationals were you a canadian then nope i was not i was not a canadian citizen okay yeah i went to 
Yeah, I went to uh, the Canadian Junior Championships in, in Montreal. And, you know, I, I, did, I did well. I made the finals, but they let me run in lane nine because there's nine lanes in the 100 meter straightaway. Okay. Yeah, and then, you know, I, I think I, f- I finished seventh or something like that. And, you know, I told myself I'm, I'm never coming back until I'm a Canadian until I can actually make the finals because not being able to make the finals was very, um, you know, disappointed in a way where, you know, even if I know I would, I was going to make the finals and I was going to finish like eighth place per se, yeah. like last, I would still want to be able to have that chance and be confident going in. You know, that's coming from like, you know, Oh, you can't run in the finals cause you're not a Canadian. So, okay, cool. So I'm sitting there. Then they're like 30 minutes before there was like, Oh, your coach went and talked to everybody. And like, there's nine lanes, put me in lane nine. So I warmed up third. Like, so wait, so you did make the finals, but they put you in a crappy lane. They, well, I, I've, I had like the sixth fastest time going in, in the finals, but because I'm a non-Canadian, you can't displace a Canadian from a final. So even if you have a faster time than all the Canadians, you can't, you can't run go to finals. finals. Yeah. You can't run in the finals. Interesting. Yeah. So it's I like, mean, it's nationals. I had that. Well, that, they didn't yeah. do that in snowboarding In snowboarding. We had, cause you had to get, you have to like get points to go to yeah. the Olympics. So um, my friend Tora Bright, she came and did our nationals one year before the Vancouver games Yeah, and she won our nationals and I got second, Yeah, but still I consider that myself that I got second at nationals. I wouldn't yeah. add that to my like list, but she's Australian. Yeah. So that, that that's just, I got displaced. Just... I'm okay with it though. <laughs> 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 I would be mad. No, no, it's all fine. It is what it is. I well, for me, for snowboarding, it's like if I was stoked with how I performed, then I yeah. was happy. Yeah, Mine's not a timed race like you. Yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Okay, so you had this amazing coach. You were getting yeah. good results, and and then was there another hurdle that you had to um, overcome? Yeah. So 2016 was like one of the probably like one of worst years I've had in my entire like you know track oh. career so far you know I'm early 2016 I strained like two ligaments in my knee practicing indoors okay and then yes yeah, so I was out for like four months couldn't really run couldn't really do nothing so I was doing a lot of rehab and my yeah. coach actually paid for all that she paid for almost three thousand dollars worth of rehab and massage oh, and all that wow. stuff yeah she paid for all of that and then you know I came back I was running you know I was running again you know I felt better um and like maybe like March that year. Were you Canadian yet? No. Okay. No. We're going to get there one time. We're going to get there. (laughs) We're getting close. And then, you know, like, um, and you know, I got better and I was running again. And then like March in 2016, I hurt my knee again. I, Oh, twice in one year. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't run again. So I was like, okay. So then, you know, we just called it a season. Didn't, just okay that's, that's yeah what when is your season when is running season summer we, yeah we basically would start competing from like, like march from like march to like august oh so you you messed up right before the season yeah you're yeah, like yeah, okay so. i'm gonna just take this season i'm gonna rehab yeah. and yeah. then like when did you start training again um in October of 2016 okay so like a couple months off that yeah. was probably like yeah, yeah, yeah. fueled a little bit of fire for you to get back yeah yeah most I, I took a trip to Jamaica just to you know like it, it's I feel like it's, it's one of the the most humbling things like going back to where you came from 
mm-hmm. and just like really see where you came from and like you know where you are and where you really want to go it, it was like really motivation for me just okay. a little extra push for me to go home and go back and work harder and then I came back and I was like okay like I have to be better than how I was last year and you know we spent a lot of time working on the little things that I had you know that was bugging me and stuff like that and then in 2017 I feel like this is where things really changed for me and like what really um you know opened up the door in a way where people nationally started paying attention to me yeah yeah, like, okay. Uh, yeah, I did the RBC training ground in 2016 as well while I was injured. In, so you, but you did RBC training ground in Kelowna. Yeah, in Kelowna. And, and then, then the how that process works is you do this fitness testing to yeah. see if you're good enough. You probably did the beep test up to like I don't even want to know how high, but our listeners like might. Eight. <laughs> eight? Oh, okay. Well, you are a sprinter. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and then. You do you want to share the story about you getting asked to go to the Vancouver one and how that came about? Because I feel like that was a whole nother hurdle. Uh, yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, after we did after we did the first first, you know, went to the first phase of the training ground, they're like, oh, they said, oh, you'll hear from us in a couple of weeks. I was like, OK, so, you know, my mom had a car, but she was not about to drive to from Kelowna to Vancouver because my mom can barely drive around the city itself, much as driving the Coca-Cola, you know. Respect so, to your mom. She's a lovely yeah. human, but she oh, might not she be is. the best driver. <laughs> she, yeah, she's not. She's not about to drive to. You know, she's not about to spend that much hours in the car driving herself. So happy that. Okay. So yeah, well, she's she's a really nice lady. Love my mom. But um, but yeah, nah. She she was like, my mom was like saying like, you you're gonna have to figure it out because this it's a good opportunity. Like you know, she was like just looking at different options. And yeah. She was trying to ask my friend to drive me, and he was like, yeah, hell no, I'm not driving to Vancouver. Oh, but then, yeah, I so wish then, I would have known you. I would have scooped you up. <laughs> so, so then I, I was looking at bus tickets and then I saw a night bus that was coming in from like, up, it was coming in from like up north, I think like Calgary or something like that. But it would, yeah. they would get in Kelowna like one in the morning and it'd be there for like, like an hour or two. And then it would just leave. So then I got on that night bus and like, I took at the one bus in the out. morning, at one yeah. in the morning. Yeah, it was like, it was like, a, it was like, it was before the grounds like planning to get shut down. So they start running like really odd times. So then okay. I got on that bus and then I, you know, I drove, I came down to Vancouver and I, you know, slept on the bus pretty much the entire way, got off. Were you, sit- were you sitting next to anyone? Was anyone on the bus? There's three people on the bus. And then it, like, okay. from all the way from like Kelowna till we got to like Abbotsford, then they pick up people at like 5 a.m. 6 a.m. and stuff like that. Okay, keep going. I'm so intrigued. So then um, when we got to um, Stadium, is it Stadium? Oh, Main Street. You know, I got off the bus and um, I didn't know where I was going. So then I I looked on my map and it was the Richmond Oval. I was like, oh, snap. Like, it's like, it's really far. So downtown, like, from downtown. And you had to get to the airport. Pretty much. That's like a half an hour, 40 minutes away for our listeners. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what did you do next? I looked at my map and look how to get there but i never had the money to like take a taxi or something like that and, and walk all the way you walked the whole way there i, I walked jogged the entire way there and then um, from downtown vancouver out to richmond yeah to the um, to go uh, do fitness testing that yeah, was just a warm-up for you yeah, wasn't it I, I i got there like 30 minutes while everyone was like warming up and doing it like everyone was like the first phase is already going <laughs> and i was supposed to be in that one but i got there late so i told them i got there late so then I, you know, I did it. And then like, um, I basically, after I finished, I didn't even wait for nothing to be over. I just 
finished and then left and went back to get on the bus. Well, it's like driving is like half an hour to get there. Yeah, it, it was. It was like it was like a, like a two hour walk kind of thing. So, oh okay. so then I I I got I, yeah, and then I went back, got on the bus, and went back home to Kelowna, and then they reached. Okay, out to you me. just got like so much that whew, respect. That yeah, story it was, in itself is amazing. I feel like it was like what really um you know propelled me in a way to just let me know like if you really want something you, you're gonna have to do it yourself because no one's really gonna be there to help you if, you if you don't have the help to you know get where you want to go like you're gonna have to like do it yourself and yeah yeah so that's that's what I did because I never had no other way of getting there so that was like the provincial training ground yeah then what happened then because I, again you know bad luck struck again because I'm a non-Canadian they <sighs> I didn't get funded until 2018. So you had a whole year of what was your coach helping you out or were like um so in 2017 they started um we started working on my citizenship so I could you know go to like national team relay camps and stuff like yeah. that. It took about 5 months to get everything together and you know it took about 5 months to get a citizenship and you know I got it in 2018. So and then the Canada Games which Canada Games is like where basically it's like where they kind of identify like the next generation uh, next yeah next flight of you know athletes coming up through through the ranks like okay so canada games in 2017 yeah you were there and then they were like this guy's good yeah pretty much they're like well like you're you're talented you you can go far you know i end up you know meeting you know some coaches from the national team and you know we spoke and they said like you you're this has all happened in just three years yeah in 2018, actually, I switched coaches. I moved from Kelowna to Coquitlam to train with uh, Tara Self. What about your other coach? Um, Pat. Oh, she's like my second mom. Like, we're like, yes, that's what like, I thought. We're like best friends. Yeah, like, we're best friends. Rad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we're, we're okay, like, so now you have a new coach. You're training in Burnaby. Yeah. You've left your mom and you've left Pat in yeah. Kelowna. Yeah. And 2018 yeah. season. What happened? You know, like training was going well. Like I was, I start running really fast and like I start, I start getting like little bits and bits and bits of PRs. Like I keep getting better. PR. Time. Yeah. So personal best. I keep increasing my personal best every time. Okay. So, and then I went to, you know, went to Canadian nationals and, you know, I ran. As uh, a Canadian. As a Canadian for the first time. Boom. So, yeah. So now I can make the finals. So there's a lot more excitement going you know, I can make the finals. I can win yeah. a medal at Canadian Nationals. I can, you know, this is this is where it, it, it's all supposed to happen. This is where you're supposed to make a name for yourself. You know, the hundred meters, I was I was ready. I think my, my PR was ten point three six at that point. And person, is that good? Is that a good time? It's it's a decent time. It's it's nice. It's it's a nice time. Are you being humble? Kind of. Okay. <laughs> but, you're but, like that's a banger time in my head. It's, I'm Mercedes is an idiot and doesn't know. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's 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 a nice time. It's okay. Okay. So, yeah, at this point, my PR on the 100 meters was 10.36 seconds. And I was like, I got to run faster. I got to run faster. So, okay. you know, I was landing. What was the winning time? Um, 10.09, I believe, by Aaron Brown. So, okay. so I, was, I was landing next to Aaron Brown, Andre de Grasse, Gavin Smelly, you know, Bismarck Botang. Yeah. You know, so like all. Okay, these, on that line, were you intimidated or were you like, I got that, this? That's when I was actually, oh, oh no, I was like freaking out. Okay. I, I was like, <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here. But now you know, they're like, like your friends, right? Yeah, now we're cool. But it's just like yeah. now I'm like, 
comfortable racing with them but like the first couple times I was like oh man like I don't belong here like what am I doing and that was your first time at Canadian Nationals that was my first time in and you got a personal best yeah that was my first time since 2014 I got goosebumps just hearing that that sounds so rad I mean you should be proud of that okay so then Canadian Nationals happened yeah that was in 2018 18 yeah and then you know I ran 10.25 I believe in 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 that finals and then okay. um, you know, new, new PR, I finish. Wait, why is it a PR and not a PB? Well, it's it's the same. So personal record and personal. Oh, best. personal. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of the same thing. Again, but, I'm not from a timed sport. Oh no, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. And then it was one of the closest races in Canadian history, like in the hundred meters. Yeah, it was. Really. Like, like you know, five people separated two tenth of a second. Five people were separated by two tenths of a second. It was it was like a damn. Effect. Where did you end up? I was tied for fourth. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it took them about twenty minutes to really separate the the top. The five. video is it down to video? Yeah, so they, it took them a long time to separate it. Like they're like, one, whose pinky finger is out yeah. further than someone else's? It was it was one of the most devastating meet for me in in a way because um. For like five minutes, I was at second. I was, I thought I, I was, I was at second place, and I was like, "Oh man, I, I finished second. Shut up. Yeah, I was, I was in second place, and yeah. then like we're just watching the thing, and then I got dropped to third. And I was like, and I was like, "Oh man," I was like celebrating with my coaches and everybody. And okay, like, what was it? What was the like giveaway in the photo finish? Because they look at it's basically like your torso, like just your upper body. So like, oh, that's else, why you guys run like. Yeah, that's why you lean Just across out. the line. Yeah, that's why you, you lean across the line. So, it's oh, so what we're learning a lot here today. Yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> At least I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang it, fourth that burns. Yeah, but I mean, I came back the next day. The two hundred meters is my favorite race, so I came okay. back the next day. Like you know, came back a little, a little you know, pissed off in a way where like I finished fourth event. So like I okay. lined up and I was like, okay, you're the like gun went off. ready. Yeah, the gun went off and I was like. Breeze like through the, the, the semis, yeah. Just breeze through the semis. It was like it was really good. I felt really good running, and I was like, okay, like you know, I feel like I'm gonna do something good. And then, and then what? The finals rolled around, and you know, we're lined up out there. I was in, all the way out in lane eight, so I couldn't see nobody. I was like, I was in lane eight. I don't know what these lanes mean. So the track, like, the 200 meters, it's I, a it's, circle. So you have farther to run because that's it's not staggered. Fair. It's sta- it's staggered. Oh so right, staggered. It's a staggered uh, lineup. Okay. So. I yeah, think but- the listeners are going to be like, Mercedes knows nothing about running and they're <laughs> not wrong. That's why I have you here to tell me. Yeah. Okay. So I was in lane eight. So I was, I, it looks like I'm at the front, but technically you're, you're not. You're not. Yeah. Okay. Then what happened? So the gun went off and, you know, I just, I, I don't even remember like properly getting out of the blocks, trying to drive phase or nothing. I just jumped out of there and it was like, I got to run. I'm ready for my life. I got off the bend and I just felt good and I was just running and I saw Aaron just went past me and I was like, okay, no one else is passing me. I'm like, I'm going to hang on to Aaron. And I literally just like hung on. And, you know, before that, my PR was 20.72 seconds. Okay. And I ran 20.36. Hey, oh. Yeah. And what place did you end up? I was second in the 200 meters in 2018. And that's what that was. And that was, yeah, yeah, that was, I think that's the tenth fastest time in Canadian history, and um, you're kind uh, of a big deal. Not really. It's it's okay. Like I, <laughs> I still got a lot of work to do. But I feel I mean, like you're more Canadian than you're like than you actually are because you're so humble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2019, you're gearing up for 
trying to qualify for the Olympics, I would assume. Yeah, 2019 really gave me an opportunity to really, you know, compete at Pan Ams. I made my first Pan American Games finals. I was I was sixth in the finals, but at the same time, I, I still made the Pan American Game finals, and, and I'm pretty happy with that, but still not settled. And you made it to the Pan American Games having started sprinting four years ago. Yeah. That's casual. How do you guys qualify for the Olympics? Is it so, one race or is it multiple races put together? Um, so right now they have two ways you can actually qualify. So they have a point system where that depends on the meets you go to, you mm-hmm. get points and you can actually qualify based off points if you don't run the standard time that they set. So each event has like a, a qualifying time you have to meet. And then once you meet that qualifying time, you have to go to your area or country nationals and then compete for a spot at the same time because your con- depends on how much people your country decide to send. If they send three people, you're going to have to beat two people or yeah, yeah, at yeah. least be in that top three. And has that happened yet or um, COVID took over? So actually, Canadian Nationals is supposed to be going on right now. <laughs> no way! <laughs> yeah, the Olympic trials are just starting on Wednesday, the June, 20, 24th. June 24th. Yeah, 24th to 26th, I believe. It would be till Saturday. They, they would, you would be racing right now? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Instead, um, you're dropping in on a podcast yeah. with me. Yeah. How are you feeling not oh. doing that? Um, it's it's kind of weird in a way where, you know, like everything feels so weird, not being able to compete, not being able to train properly in a way where, you know, like you're with your training partners, you're, you're, you're at training, you, you feel like you're doing a lot. Like yeah. right now, like training by myself, it, it feels like I'm not doing enough. Yeah, enough. it's it's hard to self-motivate, I would imagine. Yeah, it's it's hard to, you know, keep going sometimes. Like it's, you know, it's one of those things where like you're at training, but you feel like you don't want to be there. Right. I would think like it's also like I guess you know that the Olympics are going to happen next summer. Yeah. Um, But you're kind of like, when's the next actual race going to be? Yeah, that's that's the thing, you know, like, and being a sprinter and not competing for a year and a half, it almost feels like you're injured, like you're injured for a year and a half. Yeah, like what's going to happen? These games yeah. are going to be really interesting, I think. Yeah. So like, so do you, you still don't know what, how to qualify or when that's going to happen? Uh, at this point, everything's shut down in a way where even if you run the Olympic, say they have, say, oh, we're going to start having meets tomorrow. Yeah. And I go out and I run, and I run say, 9.58 seconds, which is, that's the world record in the 100 meters. And if I run 9.84, yeah, that doesn't qualify me for the Olympics. No, it's not easy. That's what I no. say on here. It, we make it sound like it's easy to qualify for the Olympics because yeah. we talk about them so much. But really, like the hardest part that no one ever sees is the training for it and the yeah. hours, the relentless hours you put in yeah. and all of the races before the Olympics. So it's wild Um, i wish you the best of luck keep it up because we all want to see you at the next games what i do on pump dropping in is i do kind of like a summarize of what i took away from our time together like i took a lot of things away i learned a lot about the racetrack and running obviously (laughs) (laughs) thank you for that because i was always snowboarding i didn't get to watch yeah. like summer olympics or anything yeah, like that true, true, true. so um i really like the point where your coach came in and helped you and you like just having amazing people in your life to be there and see that potential in you 
is something that you can't always see for yourself. So that's so yeah. many props to your coach, Pat. It was so rad. Yeah. I love that story. Yeah. Um, also the fact that you got on a bus at one in the morning and then you walked from downtown Vancouver to Richmond, which is out by the airport. Yeah. And that just teaches you that if you're hungry enough to want something, you're going to go out and get it. Yeah, and I think true. that a lot of people think things come easy nowadays and they don't. Yeah. So like just sharing that story is, is huge for people to listen to. Um, and that I want to see you at the next Olympics. Yeah. Thank you. I, I'll, you know, that's, that's my, that's, that's out of the sport and that's where I want to go. So, you know, with some hard work and dedication and good training and good races, I, I firmly believe I could make it. For sure. Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to add? The one thing that me and my coach Pat had uh, spoke about before I moved away from Kelowna was, um, you know, I told her like, if I ever make it out of you know, where I am in track and field, then I'm in a situation where I can help, where, where I'll be able to pay her back. I'll pay her back every cent she spent. And she looked at me and she said, don't worry so much about paying me back help somebody oh so that's so good so what i did was i spent the last three months in quarantine and i developed a full mentorship program and i've recruited over a hundred and maybe like 130 140 of my friends that are professional athletes that play in nfl nhl cfl track and field and just like other you know, up and coming athletes that I, that I think is suited, is suited to be a mentor to younger kids. And what I'm going to do is I'm trying to get into like the indigenous and black communities across Canada to, um, you know, help and, and um, you know, motivate younger kids and just let them know, like, listen, there's, there's room for improvement. There's, there's things out there for you if you really want it. And, and, and there's, there's no such thing as a dream. That's that, that's, that's unchaseable. Right. So if could you, you, if you get any better? That is like so awesome. I I'm really proud of you. You everything's gonna be up by the end of August. So cool. We'll yeah, keep our so, eyes out for it. Yeah. So look over stepping stone. We're you know, stepping we're stone. Stepping stone. Yes. Yes, I love that. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, Jerome, thank you so much for dropping in with me on my podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> On the next episode of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes Nickel, I chat with the person who was there for me for my first Olympics and my last Olympics. My sports psych, Karen McNeil, and I discuss the past nine episodes and how people have overcome their fears. Drop in next Thursday. Thank you, DJ Kenosis, for the music and my mom for the intro voice. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. 
I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.